your human capital is about having the right butts in the right seats, doing the right things and getting rid of the wrong people sooner rather than later. Welcome to Mastering Your Exit Strategy. I'm your host, Christine Trumbull, a certified exit planning advisor, CPA, and certified tax strategist. I've spent the last 30 years working with owners to grow and scale their businesses, and then went on to help my own husband grow his. After his passing, I moved to the next chapter, ensuring seamless transitions for family-owned and closely held businesses. Each week, we are talking to experts about growth and transition, so you can not only simplify exiting your business, but also get as much wealth out of your business as possible. Thanks for joining me and let's get started. Hey, Christine Trumbull with Mastering Your Exit Strategy. And today is, uh, I guess, part two of uh, a series of episodes that I'm doing for you on what we call the intangible assets. Uh, if you uh, if you need the background on on these, go back an episode and listen to episode number fifty five, and that's when I really break down uh, the idea of building an exit lifestyle business, the concept of intangible assets, the concept of how building value really not only positions the company for eventual exit or transition or succession, but also creates a business that allows you, the owner, to step back, break in the profits, go sit Mai Tais on the beach, and truly enjoy a lifestyle business, something that you created, uh, probably created to enjoy life, you know, pay the bills, take care of the family, but also not work 24-7. So the intangibles, remember, if uh, you've taken a look at your balance sheet, hopefully as a business owner, you're taking a look at your balance sheet, at least occasionally, there's these uh, assets that are, they're tangible assets. They have a dollar value associated with them and they're tangible. You can touch them and feel them. Typically they're, you know, cars, trucks, office furniture, machinery, equipment, buildings, things that you can touch and feel, and they have, you paid X number of dollars for that piece of equipment and you can touch it and feel it. It goes up on the balance sheet. There's also a section that are intangible. You cannot touch them. They're not touchy-feely. You can't, you can't touch them, but you did pay a dollar value for them. Those are copyrights, trademarks, and a very uh, a familiar one for a lot of people is goodwill. Typically, that, that's a client list, and you'll find that on a balance sheet for a service professional, an accountant, attorneys, doctors, those types of things. When you're buying a business that has the, the biggest asset, usually the biggest asset is going to be a client list that goes in as goodwill. Okay, now what we're talking about are intangible assets, and these potentially have more impact on the value of the business than anything else. Not just the value of the business, but also the um, th that, uh, that ability to create, to grow and scale and create that business that is going to 
again, affords you the exit lifestyle concept, not working 24-7 in your business, still having a growing and profitable business, but allowing you to have a life that isn't just about being in the business, being having the business so dependent on you that you can't even take a vacation for a week without calling in to make sure they haven't burned the place down. So that's kind of important. So the first one we're going to talk about is, yes, it's cold here on the East Coast, so I'm I'm all in my <laughs> war sweater. Okay, so the first one we're going to talk about is human capital. Okay, this is your people. This is very simple. This is your people. But it's about getting, it's not just about having as many people, or it's not just about, you know, uh, uh, you know, getting people in, because I know right now that's a, it's a huge struggle, you know, getting help, keeping help, and then having help that actually you want to have around. <laughs> I've experienced a few, few situations like that, where it's like, okay, you are not the right person for this job. Anyway, your human capital is about having the right butts in the right seats, doing the right things and getting rid of the wrong people sooner rather than later. And always, always, always putting who before what, no matter how dire the circumstances. Okay. This comes from Jack Welch. He was, um, you know, head of General Electric's and General Electric, and he's written a few books. But he created this thing called the vitality curve. And it's about, you know, it's about A, B, and seeing your people. And you've probably done this maybe in your head, maybe on paper, okay? But it's about breaking your staff down into three categories. And they are the top 20, the vital 70, and the bottom 10. Okay, let's start with the vital 70. These are people who are very needed. They're the people who are doing the do. They're doing the work. They're doing the things every day to ensure that your company is operating, okay? Potentially at peak efficiency, potentially not, but they're the the worker bees. You need them. You have to have them, but they come in, they do the job, they go home, they follow along. They're not really going to elevate your culture or your company, but they are very much needed, okay? And if you have the right ones doing the right stuff, they can really drive your company forward, okay? The top 20, these are the ones that are going to carry your company. They have passion. They have drive. They are on board with the goals and objectives and the direction of the company. They buy in and they want to be a part of really getting you there. You need these people. These are the these are the really real true integrators and potential visionaries of the company. And they're the ones that are going to take your idea and take your vision and they're going to get ramped up and they're going to they're going to go out and they're going to make that happen for you. Okay, these are the people that you're going to build your management team and your leadership team off of. These are the ones that are going to be able to make those decisions for you because they know exactly what you want and the direction you want the company to go in. You've communicated that with them. You've shared that with them and they buy in and they're on board and they're excited and they're ready to go. You don't have to motivate these people. You don't have to instill the passion. They get it. They're there. Okay. Then there's the bottom 10. 
And those are the people who are going to bring down the company. They're the toxic. They're the negative. They're the always late. They're the, the, the complainers. They just need to be excused. And the sooner you excuse them, the happier they typically are, the happier you and your people are, and the more profitable it's going to be for your company. Please, please, please understand that I know there is a there a lot of, you know, it is more expensive to bring find and bring on. And it's an, it's practically impossible in some industries these days to find and bring on new people. But that bottom 10, they are costing you so much more than the cost of bringing on a new person. Get them out, excuse them. And quite frankly, every time I've had to excuse somebody, it has been a much better situation for them. And it has been a much, much, much better situation for the company and for the staff as a whole. Okay. So for example, now how does human capital build value. Well, first and foremost, again, we're going to go back to that top 20. That's going to be your leadership team and your management team. If you cannot leave your business for a month without it falling apart and you not calling in and micromanaging from a distance, then you've created a company that does not, that is completely dependent on you for decisions and doesn't have that leadership team who gets your goals gets your vision, and is driving the company in the correct direction. They are the ones that make the decisions, the, the, not the high, super high-level visionary decisions, but they're the ones that make the day-to-day -day decisions so that you can go and do what you want to do. You check in occasionally. You have accountability. They have accountability. You have accountability. They know what they're working towards. They have key performance indicators, goals, metrics, numbers that they're working towards. They know what they are. They know what they have to do, and they're doing it on a everyday, regular basis. Okay, and that's how you know. There's there's building that team is more than a. I can get into this a, a podcast recording. But that's where it has to get to. Okay. And here's a for example, had, and I'm going to use this example throughout this um, series of, of, of episodes. There was, I had a client, this was years ago, a custom staircase guy. And, you know, think large, elaborate staircases, those spiraling things. So these were six figure staircases, they were all custom. And he had been doing this for a while. He was very good at it, but he was tired of the business and he wanted to do something else. Excuse me. Hmm. All right. That coffee's cold. Um, he wanted to do something else. So he, um, I came in and he had a few issues and one of them was a little bit of the human capital. And it was, um, it wasn't so much that the staff, those set that, that vital 70, the workers and the doers, they were fantastic. They were great. They got the company. They they knew their they knew how to do their job. They they were very reliable. They showed you know they they were uh, there every day. They would stay late and do weekends if they had to. Whatever they needed to do, they were there and they were on board. It was a good culture that'll come later. But they were happy, positive, productive people. What he didn't have was that leadership team. He didn't have that top twenty. And when I say twenty, seventy, and ten, it's a percentage, not a number. 
Okay, he didn't have that top 20%. He didn't have a leadership team or management team. Everybody went to him for decisions. So he was there. He was encased in that business 24-7. He could not get away from it. And that's one reason why he got burnt out. So, and well, tune into the last one. So, and, and I'll let you know how it turns out because uh, it, it was interesting, you know, by the time it, it sold and he stayed on. But anyway, um, I'll tell you about that later. So what we ended up having to do was create a small, it was a very small, it was a, it was basically ended up being a two person leadership team. It was a project manager and his controller and the project manager and controller were very, uh, they, they worked well together. They made decisions very well together. They understood that well, a lot of times production and finance will ha be con uh, have conflict with each other because one's trying to save money, one's trying to spend money. Um, they actually got the that that uh, friction could happen, and and it, and it did. Sometimes it did, but they understood what it was. They understood why it happened, and they understood the necessity for them to work together to work out that friction so that the comp company could continue to move forward. So, you know, when it came to the budgeting meetings, we worked with them so that they all, you know, they got the whole, both of them understood that whole picture of the company, not just their individual silos. So they were able to work together efficiently and continue to move forward. So it's not necessarily about having a large company with this 20 person management team or leadership team. You can do it with two people. And as long as they're efficient and functioning and able to, you know, uh, communicate with each other and work through the challenges and the difficulties, that's when you can have, that's when you can really, really make some magic happen. So I hope this was helpful to you. Next week, we're going to talk about um, the customer capital, and we're going to dig into that and how it can not just increase the value of your business, but create that exit lifestyle business so that, you know, again, you have those choices and you can decide whether or not you want to stay and, you know, have a 10 hour work week, sipping Mai Tais on the beach, or if you want to sell and or transition out of your business. So this is Christine Trumbull with Mastering Your Exit Strategy. Until next week, take care. Bye.